you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at laist.com sweeps. LAist Studios. Just a heads up. In this episode, we talk about difficult issues like substance use and self-harm. A reminder that we are not clinical experts, and if you need professional support, there will be some links and resources listed in the podcast description. Demi Lovato. I have always been so compelled by her music. I mean, I've been digging on her since she was on Barney and Friends. When I'm old enough to join the band, I'll be marching all across this land. I'll be playing a song as I'm marching along when I'm old enough to join the band. And I'm 10 years older than her. So, whatever. So what if I still rock bebop undies? I'm not the only one. And obviously, I'm not the only Demi Lovato fan out there. Her work clearly resonates with a lot of other people too. It's so nice, I guess, to hear someone like tell their story and then like see her fighting her fight and then like succeeding. And then also if she fails, she fails, but like she accepts her failures and then continues to grow from there. So I've never heard anyone describe it yeah, like I that. I really feel like I'm better off. She has just changed my life for the better. I'm so thankful that I have a hero in my life and that's Demi, she's my hero. I probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. So I met with Demi leading up to the premiere of her documentary film, Dancing with the Devil, which focuses on the time surrounding her overdose in 2018. So many people in Demi's position with such a massive audience don't share their experiences, their falls and their vulnerabilities in the way that she does. And when she shares, it's powerful because it touches so many people. It touched me, but whatever. I mean, this is a show about democratizing mental health tools, sharing stories, language, and resources. So why have someone like Demi on? I'll tell you why. Because we know that shame and the visibility of mistakes is a huge impediment to healing and progress. And not only has Demi experienced this visibility in ways most of us will never, ever know, She's also shared art that has come out of these experiences. And that's what I love about Demi. As she struggled publicly with her mental health, instead of hiding it and reinforcing social othering, she's grown and continues to grow and is sharing with us what she's learned. I've had a lot of lives, like my cat, you know, I'm on my ninth life. I'm ready to get back to doing what I love, which is making music. Bye. So you get to hear me totally geek out on this conversation. <laughs> I couldn't believe that she said yes to this podcast, but then again, I'm reminded that Demi Lovato is kick ass. And I was so excited to talk to her and it's pretty obvious. And it actually reminded me a lot of the last time I saw her.
I'm Diane Guerrero, and I get vulnerable with our guest, Demi Lovato, after the break. Imagine if you could charge your electric vehicle at the places you already love to eat, shop, and play. Whether you're at the movies, on your weekly grocery trip, or running errands at your local mall, Volta EV charging stations are built around your day-to-day and located in your community and nationwide. All you have to do is check in, plug in, and go about your day. It's EV charging made convenient. Download the Volta app to find your new favorite place to charge. Hi, I'm Tracy Thomas, host of One for the Books, and we are back for another round. This is clearly an NPR audience. (laughs) I think they're so smart. What the hell? My guests this time are actor Vela Lavelle and author Amanda Montel, whose new book, The Age of Magical Overthinking, is out now. Join us on May 15th at the Crawford Family Forum for book talk, trivia, and hot takes. Tickets can be found at laist.com slash events. Demi, do you remember when I met you? (laughs) This is like before we knew the world was ending and we were able to go to a performance venue and like you just had released your song, Anyone. And I remember telling myself, gosh, this says so much to me as a person who often feels alone, unheard or misunderstood. And I just, I had this, urge to tell you that this song meant a lot to me and then I saw you at that venue and it was a totally inappropriate time but you were just such a sweetheart about it I was I was so happy that that I got up and I I said that to you thank you so much for that sweet introduction that was so so sweet I like I loved meeting you I am so happy that you were able to relate to that song that's why I make my music you know i I go through a lot as a human on this earth, and if I can give back to society by the art that I create, that's the way that I want to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and you do it in such a dope way, and not just, obviously, not with just anyone, but, like, also, I love me. Like, I fucking, you know, I rock that song every time I'm, like, having a hard time, and I just look, I'm like, I love me for me, (laughs) goddammit. Oh, yes, yes. Um, And so, yo, I just want to, again, congratulate you on just an incredible year, like, I mean, I, I I know it's been a, a hard time, but you have you've had an incredible year, not only musically, but like your voice, your just using your platform, like what you just being present for all of these movements um, and being a part of these social movements has been so incredible to to watch you be a part of that fight, to follow you, to see you so involved. I mean, you've always been that, but in a time that I think that our country really, really, really needed everyone to just be all hands on deck. You really have demonstrated so much. And then, of course, your documentary, Dancing with the Devil, is premiering in South By. So congratulations uh, for that, too. Thank you. Yeah, so, so dope to see someone using their greatest superpower, which is to be vulnerable. And you have you have shown that in every way. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. You're welcome. I just want to say you're a big inspiration to me because, you know, when I started following you, I saw how much you were posting and your activism work. And I just want to say, like, the person that I am today is a result of 
you know, some of the incredible people that I've started to follow on Instagram and and even just get to know, you know, I've I've made a lot of friends over this last year. Um, and Alok being one of them, you know, we've gotten pretty close since we met at that poetry show last year. And um, and it's just beautiful, you know, I I found that once I was able to do the work on myself, I could really show up for other people. And that's that's what it's really about is like, let's let's all work on ourselves so that we can show up for others, you know? Mm. You're so dope to follow and like such an inspiration. So I just like, thank you for saying that about me, but that's exactly how I feel about you. Like, yeah, you're dope. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Demi. That feels yeah. so great. Thank you for saying that. Of course. I love that we're building this community because – that's how we should use these platforms, right? Is to connect with people, to build a community of people who care. So I wanted to ask you, what do you love about yourself? What do I love about myself? I love how free and open I am right now in my life. I feel like I had to really strip myself of all constraints to really become the person that I most identify with and in my life today. You know, I've I've tried on many identities throughout over the years, you know, the sexy feminine pop star that I felt like people wanted me to be or the poster child for recovery and now I'm embracing the fact that my lack of commitment to any one identity isn't a lack of commitment. It's just an openness to continue to evolve. That's the thing that I love about myself today is I'm just continuing to evolve and and I'm not attached to any specific identity. I'm just continuing to learn and grow. And tomorrow I might be somebody different, but it's because of a lesson that I would have learned today that mm. was important for me to learn. I love that, to grow and evolve. And I think that's what we should all be doing. <laughs> and and I, I love that you're, that you're leading with that. That's what I want to continue to do, grow and evolve forever. Totally. What makes you get up in the morning? Like what makes you soar like – what makes me soar? Like a bird in the sky. You know, just knowing that every day is up to me is something that really helps me open my eyes in the morning. After living a life for other people so many years, I now wake up in the morning and I'm like, what is going to make me feel the most loved and comfortable and supported today? And if it's a hard day, it might be staying in bed watching movies, you know? <laughs> if it's an easier day, it might be like, I would really thrive by going on a hike and, you know, meditating or doing whatever I want to do today. Like, it's just knowing that there's some flexibility to every day in my life to match my wants and my needs. And knowing that I have that a little bit of spontaneity, room for spontaneity during my days. It was what keeps my life exciting. Coming up. 
how elevating the voices of others has helped Demi. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com slash sweeps. Demi, I've seen you very outspoken in the fight for social justice and equality. How has advocating for others affected your mental health? For so many years, I was used to telling my story and my struggles and saying, this is what I've been through. And if, you know, I can help others, this is what I, by sharing my story, then this will be good. And I realized no, there's so much more to living. And it you only are able to begin living once you do the work on yourself because then you can be there for other people. And then you can start sharing other people's stories and giving them a platform. Mm-hmm. And I think my world was a lot smaller when I was only telling my story. And over the past year, my world's opened up a lot and it's given me more of a purpose, more of a fight to fight for people that don't have the same platform that I do. And I'm so glad you're here with us, building something yummier, something honest. So Demi, in in the documentary, you share the first time about your overdose uh, in 2018. And honestly, you don't owe us any of that. Why did you decide to tell that story? And why do it in documentary form? Well, you know, I had the opportunity to have like, exclusives with this magazine or whatever and this outlet and it's like Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel right like it needs to come from I always felt like it needed to come from me because then I could really decide how much I wanted to share you know And, and what I did with the doc is I said when I first sat down I was like all right I'm gonna spill it all and whatever I don't want to use we can take out but let's just get it on camera so we have it And if something feels, oof, that feels like too much, then I can deal with that later. Mm -hmm. But then I realized once I I talked about everything, it felt so empowering and freeing that I just continued to talk. And look, I like to call myself an open book with boundaries because I feel like everyone deserves to keep something sacred and for themselves. But the things that I felt like would benefit others from knowing, I definitely talked about and and I'm I'm really excited for people to get to understand a little bit more of my past and my story. You know, if I can help people have compassion by like hearing someone else's story and saying, oh, I didn't know that about them. And maybe I should be less quick to judge when I hear that they OD'd in the media. If I can help them mm-hmm. there, maybe they won't judge someone on the street that might be talking to themselves or they won't judge someone that is in rehab. You know, it's like we we all struggle. And if we don't have compassion for our neighbors, if we don't have compassion for 
like, what are we doing here? You know? I love how like when people that are as talented and as compassionate as you share something so personal that society tells you should have shame around, it automatically sheds some shame from us, right? Like that's how I felt when I found out that you shared and when you came out with this doc and and you have been so open, but immediately that helped me like lose some of my shame. And I've actually been more open with my recovery journey and what I go through and like why why were some of the reasons why I turned to substance use? Mm-hmm. And and some of those, you know, are very similar to a lot of people, but some of them are different. And then that uniqueness is so special to share with folks. Why do you think that you turn to substance use or self-harm in times of distress? One thing that I think people have a common misconception of is that if people are using drugs or if they are dealing with an eating disorder or self-harm that they want to die. And and I actually said there were many times in my life that those things stopped me from dying. Mm. In in the same way that it almost killed me, it, it saved my life at times because there were times that I dealt with suicidal ideations. And had I gone forward with that in that moment instead of a another destructive coping mechanism, you know, I wouldn't be here to tell my story. So I have to understand that everything in my life has served its purpose in that moment, but knowing how to continue to make better choices for myself today is what is key. So I think I turned to those coping mechanisms because I genuinely was in so much pain, but I didn't want to die and I didn't know what else to do. And yeah, I think I did the best that I could at times. And now that I have other tools and other resources, I know how else to deal and how else to cope um, so that I don't have to resort to those behaviors again. Yes. And not to equate our experiences because I was never in the public eye, but I feel similarly like when I finally started learning language for what I was feeling, you know, it was such a game changer because people do say that you do this because you hate yourself or because you want to die and it's not that at all. It's because you don't have either the resources or the language or the tools to answer some of those questions or to figure out how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, you've always been so giving and generous to your fans, Demi, and you've always shared your mental health struggles with them, even at an early age. Why did you do that? I didn't have a lot of people that I looked up to doing that for me in the public eye. Mm -hmm. And so I felt very isolated and very alone at 12 and 13. And I would look at people in the media and I would would just compare myself, not feel good enough, not feel thin enough, and wonder how it was that these people were living lives that seemed so perfect – But yeah, I was in so much pain. And when I got into the spotlight, I was like, oh, it's not perfect here. Nobody has a perfect life. It just looks that way. And so if I can break that facade for Hollywood, sorry, Hollywood, but someone's got to do it because we're presenting unrealistic expectations Mm. to people by 
only presenting our best selves at all times. And I needed someone to say, I'm not perfect all the time in order for me to accept that I'm not going to ever be perfect. And that's okay. Gosh, I'm so excited that we're allowing ourselves to just be and just be honest. It's like, no, when you are hurting, the best thing to do is to talk about that shit that's hurting you. Yes, absolutely. So how did making this documentary and doing this really intensive introspection affect how you see the world? What this did for my worldview was it opened up my perception, you know, of that everyone has their own story. Everyone's going through it. We don't know. Not everything that we see is is the way that it is. And, you know, for a long time, people have have thought they knew my story or thought they knew what happened in 2018. And I think they're they're finding out that they didn't. And so to show people that like, you don't have the full picture all the time and and that's okay, but just like go easy on others. It, like that was a big message. You know, I, I was wanting mm-hmm. other people to go easier on me, but then I was like, I need to go easier on others. So if we don't all have the picture all the time, we have to understand that we don't know everything about everyone. And sometimes we have to wait until they tell us their story. Absolutely. And what are you doing to like heal now? What's it been like, your path for healing? I am really big into meditation. So I do that daily and I've become very spiritual. And that has been a huge part of my journey. Is that some of the stuff that I see online? Like when I follow you, you have like almost like triangle thing that you the go The pyramid, under. yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I meditate in that. That supposedly has healing benefits and I believe in them. So yeah, I'm dude, I'm like, I'm yeah. so open to, to just different and like not having all the answers and like welcoming the unknown. I think that's beautiful. Totally. What are some of the small ways that that our listeners, you think, can start to break down the stigma of mental health? I think we have to create conversations and also safe spaces for people to talk about what they're going through. There's always a negative connotation to someone asking for help or somebody being vulnerable. No one's going to ever ask for it. So showing people that, that it's okay to ask for help is so important. Well, damn, Demi, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I want to thank Demi for being so vulnerable with us. I think artists like Demi are important allies in the movement for liberation. She reminds us of her and everyone's humanness. We all experience so much misplaced shame in our lives. And we've been taught to believe that we should feel shame for so many things. Fuck shame. Shame is standing between us and being better human beings for ourselves and for other people. I'm so excited that this year we have seen a global paradigm shift. And I hope that we will continue to apply the lessons we have learned. 
And for those of you who caught me saying bebop at the top when I should have been saying baby bop, good looking out, my dudes. I love you and you love me. You know the rest. If you've got a story that you want to share, send it my way. Record it on your phone's voice memo app and email it to yano at lastudios.com. Yeah, No, I'm Not Okay is a production of LAS Studios. Remember to rate and review our show. It helps people to find it. If you like it, share it with your friends. The more people we can get to have conversations about mental health, the better. Jessica Pilot is our talent manager and producer. Our executive producer is Leo G. Web designed by Andy Cheatwood and the digital and marketing teams at Southern California Public Radio. Thanks to the team at LAS Studios, including Taylor Kaufman, Kristen Hayford, Kristen Muller, Michael Cosentino, Robert Joe, Mildred Langford, and Leo G. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. Additional support comes from the Angel Foundation, supporting transformational leaders, and by the California Healthcare Foundation, dedicated to improving the mental health care system for all Californians. Studios. The Colorado River is running dry. Water may not reach millions of people. So if there's no water, there's no water for everybody. It's up to California's lead negotiator, a 28-year-old. This is a historic thing coming. And six other negotiators to find a solution. I want an agreement that lessens the pain for all of us, not just some of us. Listen to Imperfect Paradise, the Gen Z water deal maker, wherever you get podcasts.